welcome to Business Brief, Missouri Business Alert's podcast focused on the business news and issues shaping the state. In this episode, we'll take a look at a small-town recording studio. Then, we'll hear about the current conditions of the labor market through the perspective of nurses. My name is Siggy Reese, and I'm joined by my co-host, Teddy Mallorca. Teddy, how are you doing this week? Siggy, I am doing well. We finally got some some much-needed rain here in mid-Missouri, and uh, it is just just gorgeous weather outside today. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, the state of Missouri has definitely needed rain. Uh, be on the lookout for um, some conversation regarding the drought in this week's business brief. Are you ready to jump into this week's headlines? Let's do it. A closely watched gauge of inflation reached a 40-year high in September. The Consumer Price Index, which measures prices for items like food, energy, housing, and cars, increased 8.2% last month from a year earlier, which was more than expected. The Federal Reserve Bank has been working to lower the stubbornly high prices through interest rate hikes, and it will likely continue the increases as long as prices remain elevated. Philip Dibfig, a banking and finance expert at Washington University in St. Louis, was one of three economists to win the Nobel Peace Prize this week. Dibfig won the prize for research on banks and financial crises. The other winners were University of Chicago professor Douglas Diamond and former Federal Reserve Bank chair Ben Bernanke. Missouri will receive nearly $95 million in federal funding thanks to the state's small business credit initiative, the Biden administration announced. The initiative, which is part of the American Rescue Plan Act, will distribute $1 billion across Missouri and 10 other states. Missouri's allotment will go toward a venture capital program managed by the Missouri Technology Corporation that invests in the growth of early-stage companies. And for those of us who are frequent mid-Missouri travelers, the Columbia Regional Airport plans to open its new terminal at a ribbon-cutting next week. Governor Mike Parson is set to attend the ceremony alongside other local officials. The $2.5 million terminal will include jet bridges to board flights, four gates, a restaurant, a mother's room, a sensory room, and a service animal relief area. Our first story takes us back to the small mid-Missouri town of Higby. That's right. I reported this story as part of our Outstate Project, a series covering entrepreneurship in small Missouri towns. A fantastic series, I might add. So, who'd you talk to, Siggy? So I got to talk to Daryl Lampkins, owner of Backwoods Recording Studio, a music studio in Higby. He talked about the history of the studio and his passion for recording. Very cool. So what did you learn? Well, I was surprised to learn that people have come from across North America to record at Backwoods, and that Lampkins and his wife have also expanded into barbecue and engraving. Here's that story. Found a gold mine beyond the blue sky. Nestled on the outskirts of Higby, a town of around 550 people in mid-Missouri, is a recording studio that brings in artists from across North America. Daryl Lampkins and Bobby Roberts created Backwoods Recording Studio in the 1990s. The couple took inspiration from Roberts' father, who had always had an interest in recording. So her dad and her used to do a lot of music and uh, entertaining all over, all over Missouri. And so we started uh, a recording studio because they wanted to record. And so I recorded them. The first time we did it with a tape reel-to-reel, didn't work real good. We hooked the laptop to it. Worked really great. We recorded some really good albums. The studio has since become a place for Lampkins and Roberts to give back to others through their passion for music. Many clients come to the studio at the couples' home interested in recording their children's voices while they are young or to capture audio of a grandparent or other relative. Others are seeking an accessible way to record an album. For Lamkins and Roberts, music is tied to their Christian faith, which guides them to want to help others. We're in it to help. That's 
why we call it our ministry. Uh, but the money that we do make, we'll either use it to help somebody else or promote somebody else. The studio does little advertising and relies heavily on word of mouth. Lamkins and Roberts charge $35 an hour in an effort to make the process affordable. While Lamkins only sees a few clients each week, he says he spends valuable time with each one. When you record people, you don't go right into mastering that music. It's kind of like smelling perfume all day. And you got to smell coffee grounds to switch your senses up, right? So if you, you're recording and you're listening to that music all day, well, then you need to get away from it a little bit so that you can master it. Those who have experienced recording at Backwoods say their time was well spent. Columbia Kids gospel group Cave Voices recorded an album at Backwoods over the summer. The group's founder and CEO, Nelson Curseus, says he received a referral from a friend to record at the small town studio. Curseus calls the recording experience beautiful and says he would record it backwards again if Cave Voices were to record another album. Um, the price is great, and the, the guy, uh, Daryl, is the owner of that studio. is pretty awesome, so yeah, it's a good experience. Nicole Niles is a vocalist and 2016 Missouri State Fair winner. She says her positive experience at Backwoods was shaped largely by Lampkins himself. I think it's unique because, because of Daryl himself. So he, he's the one that makes it the business because it's, it's, his, it's his drive, it's his personality. Because without him, you know, without who he is and his personality, it would, it would kind of be a flop. But um, Daryl's like one of those people that can go anywhere and make a friend. Is he's that person? Lampkins and Roberts have since expanded their business efforts into barbecue and engraving. The couple took up barbecuing around 15 years ago, and it's become another way for them to interact with their community. The two also sell personalized engraved creations, such as platters and cutting boards. You know, people call us all the time wanting us to cater the Rotary Club or their business uh, uh, store meeting or uh, the Kiwanis Club or weddings or something. So we'll cater, you know, any, for, for them. Though it's enjoyable to them, Lampkins and Roberts' new endeavors haven't led them to abandon recording. The couple sees barbecue and engraving as expansions of Backwoods. Lampkins and Roberts are passionate about recording and plan to continue with it. Eventually, Lampkins hopes to travel to other places to record clients where they are. We could get out and record people in their place of venue, whether it's at their show or at their theater or at their church or maybe it's in their barn. For our next story, we'll look at the nursing industry and some of the issues they are facing right now. Okay, so what issues will we be looking at specifically? Well, the nursing industry is currently facing an ongoing staffing crisis. In better news, however, funding was recently awarded to Missouri nursing colleges and universities. Well, that's good to hear. How do these nursing schools plan to use these grants to address the issue? Some of the proposed solutions include increasing the number of nursing professors and upgrading teaching tools. Here's Missouri Business Alert reporter Kelly Durek to tell us more. The nursing industry has been in a staffing crisis, which was worsened by the pandemic. Nursing schools across Missouri have been working to address the issue. Many are focused on increasing enrollment in nursing education, since there are often more nursing student applicants than qualified nurses to teach them. The University of Central Missouri School of Nursing is launching an Earn As You Learn program for graduate nursing students. The program, which aims to attract nursing educator students, is being created with a grant it recently received from the Missouri State Board of Nursing, says the school's interim chair, Jamie Dodson. 
through this grant, we're going to be offering an incentive kind of program to nurse educator students where they can actually work as nursing faculty in a clinical faculty role or in a lab faculty role um, with the mentorship of a seasoned faculty member to kind of do student teaching along the way, um, but also get paid for it. One of those prospective students is Ivana McConnell, who went back to school to become a nursing educator this year. She felt like it was the natural next step in her career after working as a registered nurse. She chose the University of Central Missouri's program for its flexibility. With the route that I'm doing, because I'm doing a part-time route, because I have two kids and I... um, I work full time. And then on top of that, my son does a lot of sports and my daughter has Girl Scouts and everything like that. So I'm a very busy woman. I feel like if I didn't have that flexibility, I don't think I could ever get to it or get it done. The gap in nursing educators has limited the number of students that schools can accept. The Missouri State Board of Nursing notes there were at least 45 nursing education staff openings posted in 2020, which resulted in nearly 1,300 qualified applicants being denied admission to nursing school it would have taken 87 full-time faculty members to train all these students who were turned away. Unlike other academic disciplines, nursing schools must cap the number of students in its classes due to the hands-on clinical rotations, which sometimes only allow six or fewer students per instructor. At the University of Missouri, Kansas City School of Nursing and Health Studies, the staffing struggle is sometimes more of a roadblock to nursing education than the cap on student participants, says Interim Dean Joy Roberts. We are limited at our school to 125 students per cohort group. And on top of that, they have been limited recently by our lack of sufficient faculty available. Um, No school wants to arm wrestle with the other schools in the area to try and get uh, faculty. The solution isn't just as simple as convincing qualified nurses to leave their current positions and return to school for a master's degree. This could exacerbate the staffing shortages in the short run, says Dave Dillon, a spokesperson for the Missouri Hospital Association. Because the last thing we can really afford with our current rate of turnover is um, to lose a significant number of uh, highly trained um, and highly skilled caregivers uh, to academia. Nurses who choose to pursue a career in education usually take a pay cut when they enter the academic role, Dylan says. Um, academics tend to make less just uh, when, they're, when they're exclusively teaching than they would if they were, say, a master's or PhD uh, prepared nurse that was in, uh, in nursing still. The Missouri State Board of Nursing recently distributed $3 million as part of an annual program to help nursing schools in Missouri find solutions to the shortage. The University of Central Missouri and UMKC both received funding. Previous grants have increased the capacity for nursing schools to accept students, says Lori Scheidt, the executive director of the board. We've seen a 67% increase in the number of students that have been admitted based on that grant funding, and that's, we have, um, slots that aren't being filled. They're approved for a certain number of students to be admitted, but they can't admit them because they don't have the faculty and the clinical structure. Employers are struggling to fill openings in many industries, but nursing has experienced especially high rates of turnover and job vacancies, Scheidt says. You know, open any news story and the subject is the nursing shortage. Not unique though, right? We have a shortage of workers in general. 
While this is a complex issue that will require many solutions, Dodson at the University of Central Missouri feels like the state funding and a focus on nursing education is a step in the right direction for its nursing program and the industry as a whole. We're really excited that we got this grant. I think it will open doors and maybe think it's an innovative way to try to approach nursing education and preparing nurse educators. It's such a vital part of preparing new nurses, and we need to put our focus on those nurse educator students to try to produce quality faculty so we can continue to have that nursing workforce in the future. It is now time to get into our words of the week. Teddy, what's your word this week? Siggy, my word this week is expungements. Okay, and what do you mean by that exactly? Well, this word may come at a hefty price. The Missouri Supreme Court would need about $7 million to expunge the records of those who have marijuana-related convictions. This comes after President Biden announced he will pardon thousands of people with federal marijuana possession convictions. And a spokeswoman for Governor Parson announced the governor will not pardon people in Missouri with state-level convictions based on a blanket approach. Got it. And do we know if the court will expunge these records? So the expungements in Missouri are contingent on the passage of the November 8th ballot measure that would legalize the use of recreational marijuana across the state. Okay. And would the expungement process cover all marijuana-related convictions? Well, there are some limits. Those who have sold marijuana to minors or have driving-related convictions will not have their records expunged. Additionally, only nonviolent convictions will be expunged. That's all I've got this week. What's your word, Ziggy? My word this week is drought. Okay, definitely a word I've heard a lot in the news this year. What's going on with it now? So, droughts have impacted crops across the state this year. Farmers harvested 10% less corn so far this year compared to last year. More than two-thirds of Missouri is in a drought, according to the U.S. Drought Monitor. Okay, gotcha. So how are farmers responding? Well, many farmers are selling their cattle, which could impact consumers and other industries. However, experts say that farmers could take steps to avoid selling. One way is pasture rotation, which means moving livestock to different fields. Okay, and is the government doing anything to help farmers struggling financially? Yeah, so the USDA has designated 22 Missouri counties where farmers are eligible for emergency loans for drought recovery. For our closing thought, here's Joy Roberts on the importance of the nursing profession. Nursing's a wonderful profession to be in. If you like people, if you like science, and if you want to make a difference in the world, be a nurse. Or if you aren't suited for being a nurse, um, like you said, you, you get squeamish. That's okay, but encourage your friends to be a nurse. Encourage people to go to nursing school. Encourage people to come by the schools of nursing to uh, talk to them about what they have to offer. Well, that is all for this week. Thank you to the M33 Project for providing music for this episode. For my co-hosts, Teddy Mallorca, editors Cole Miller, Katie Quinn, Skylar Rossi, and Michael Stacy, I'm Siggy Reese, and this has been Business Brief. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you.